As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. You all know the drill. We got to let the stream breathe just for a couple of seconds. Make sure we're good across all five platforms. Nice and stable. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know if you saw this earlier today, Kareem Jackson, it's just fun, something to open with, did not take kindly to pro football focus, Sam Monson of PFF. Ranking the Denver Broncos secondary, number 18 in the NFL. He had a little something to Kareem to say about it on Twitter, and even the Broncos social media account got in on the action. I didn't actually read the article, but I did see his comment toward it, and it's basically what we were saying, Chad. He, he was saying indirectly, you guys don't know what you're talking about, A- another national outlet who has nothing, uh, no inside knowledge or no advanced knowledge of the Broncos to rank them 18th overall. When Justin Simmons is the number two safety, according to Pro Football Focus, how are they getting that ranking? Kareem Jackson had her, I don't want to say career season in Denver, but a bounce back season in Denver. He he managed his move to safety extraordinarily well. I think you could argue that it was the best overall season of his career. You know, maybe his first full season at safety, but that was something that was bizarre about PF, about what Monson said I think the exact verbiage was uh, – what was it? Actually, now I'm, now I'm going to pull it up because it's going to bother me. Um, much, And that's what he said. He said, Jackson spent much of his time last year in the slot. Now, when someone says – that's kind of a loose term, hard to pin down exactly what much of his time means. But comparatively speaking, the amount of snaps Kareem Jackson played in the slot, it was about – less than a third, I would say. It's close to about a quarter of his total snaps on the field. In fact, PFF, based on their own data, this is their own metrics that they have available, I would assume, for their writers, right? They're, they're guys that produce the front-page content. I would assume they have access to this information. Uh, let me find this tweet. It's being weird on me. Well, I don't want to bog it down. But anyway, just under 200 snaps, Zach, from the slot, and he's talking about how Jackson played most or much of his his time last year in the slot. 
I think between the strong and the free safety slots combined, it was just over 600 snaps at those or close to approaching 600. It's like somebody remind this guy he's a safety. This is, a, And that was something the Broncos said on social media, like look forward to playing your first year as a safety in 2020, Kareem, with like the you know, crying, happy face, whatever. It just goes to show you, like we've been saying, these media outlets and these national types, they take one look over the Broncos roster, Chad. They, they're basing their opinions on snaps and percentages and statistics, and most of these are um, subjective, not objective. He He's a safety. He converted from cornerback to safety upon coming to Denver. He thrived in that role opposite Justin Simmons, and to rank them where they rank them, when they classify Simmons as the second-best safety in the NFL, one hand doesn't know what the other is doing, Chad. And PFF, in my opinion, they've lost a lot of um, esteem over the last few months. I don't know what happened to them. They used to be a very analytical, very fact-based website. It's all hot takes now. It's all the most clickbaity things to draw you in, and they get a reaction from the Broncos' official Twitter account. That was not the reaction they were going for. They got clowned by the <laughs> Broncos' uh, yeah. official team account. That says a lot. So, so Kareem actually said, here's what he said. You guys can see hopefully on the screen quote, these articles, these are the articles that make you wonder if these people are blind, call themselves experts, child, please. And then you scroll down the Broncos actual response here is they quote tweet Kareem with the shake my head and then the palm <laughs> face and then excited to see your first season as a safe boy, 25. And so it's just comedy. And let me see if I can pull this up. If you guys can. Oh, uh, now it's that's, jumping. Just, that's bad. I don't know how you, how they put that out there. That's bad. Yeah. Now Monson does have a fair point, Zach, in talking about the fact that at the cornerback position, there are a lot of questions, a lot of, I mean, the Broncos are going to have to find some answers there, but they finished as the number 11 passing defense in the NFL last year. That was with Chris Harris jr. Having basically his worst year as a pro. That was without Bryce Callahan. That was with a who's who list of backup kind of fourth, fifth string caliber type corners trying to play that third, second and third slot. So if they finished last year at number 11 as a passing defense, you account for Chris Harris Jr. going out the door and A.J. Bouye coming in. That To me, that's not worth seven spots, dropping him seven right. spots. But then you also got to factor in now you got Bryce Callahan. So to me, there I'm not I wouldn't necessarily am I you know I'm I'm not going to list it because I don't have all 31 teams information in front of me, but I think they approach closer to the top 10 if I'm ranking the best secondaries in the NFL even with the questions that they have at cornerback because Zach they are one of only two teams to have two safeties. This is according to PFF's own grading system. They are one of two teams to have two safeties in the top 7 of their rankings. So uh, it just it doesn't make sense. What are we doing here? I mean, I see 11th overall as a fair ranking for Denver. And when you consider A.J. Boye is a better boundary corner than anything the Broncos had last year, Chris Harris Jr. included, Bryce Callahan can be an upgrade on Chris Harris Jr. So how do you drop the Broncos back when you arguably are getting upgrades at both those spots? Again, some at PFF grade the Broncos more fairly. Others, like this guy, have no idea what's going on. They look over the stat sheet, the win column, and they base their narrative and their opinion. I, I'm I'm taking less and less them seriously, Chad, as the days go on. <clears throat> just That's just the score. That's what it's become. But, guys, tonight we are excited because, of course, we're going to talk a lot about what John Elway had to say 
during his Tuesday presser. We're going to talk a little bit about what Vic Fangio had to say. But first, we're going to get a chance to talk with Stephen Baumgartner in our sixth segment of our superstar segments that we've been doing here now for, I guess, going on a little over a month. And we are excited to talk with him. We're excited to for you guys to talk with him. <clears throat> of course, as always, on these superstar segments from the community, if you have any questions specifically you have for Steve, if you have anything on the topic you want him to get to, put it in the chat stream. Any comments, questions, super chats, we'll get to them. Uh, but first, before we bring Steve on, a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then while you're at it, you'll also want to follow the mother account, at Mile High Huddle for breaking Broncos news and analysis. If you have those two accounts followed on Twitter, you're not going to miss anything as it relates. These podcasts and your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. And then Gang, a gentle reminder to check out huddleuppod.com, our merch store, and get your swag on. Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but we finally were able to start creating some new designs on our with our third-party uh, provider. So we're going to have some, some cool stuff coming your way here in the near future. But I want to show this to our audience just really quick. Make sure everybody knows we have – so this is our merch store, huddleuppod.com. You can see the – you can get yourself a face mask, there's hoodies, there's mugs, there's all manner of different hats. But what I want to draw your attention to is the newest piece of swag that we've got up on the store. Bear with me one second here. It was popular demand. You wanted a Mile High Huddle trucker hat. You got it. It's up there. Just the MHH logo. It's there. Check it out. I'll put the link in the chat stream. You guys can uh, get yourselves one. We've got We've given a few away, and we're going to give away one of these hats tonight as well so we've got john with the random name generator we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes it'll be if you're live in the stream with us now you will get access to the the raffle but we're giving away that that's just another way the, the merch store it's another way to support what we're doing here at mhh and if you can't support the merch store it's all good gang these three things whether you're with us live or listening after the fact on demand as a podcast each and every one of you can do make sure you're subscribed like this video or like this podcast. And if you really love what we're doing, share it. Football's getting started. Now's the time to help all your friends, all your family, the people you're engaged with on social media, get exposed to the best Broncos content out there. That is Mile High Huddle. That is the Huddle Up podcast. So if you can do that, it's small things. These things, organic, helps us in a big way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden, 
and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's, before we grab Stephen real quick, because the stream on these superstar segments jumps really quickly. I just want to grab Mark. Mark. He is probably already sawing some logs uh, in Georgia. Jumps in with a quick super chat saying, what's up, my guys? You go, Stephen. This guy knows football, especially Broncos country. Going to bed. You all have a good night and my football priest. Mark, we appreciate you as always, bro. We miss seeing you in the chat as well, Mark. Your your absence is uh, sorely, or your presence is sorely missed. I messed that one up. Yes, indeed. All right, let's grab Steve Baumgartner. Here he is in all his glory. Welcome into the show. You can follow him and find him on Twitter. He's a great, I mean, honestly, Zach, Steve <laughs> clearly helpful. Into more breaking Broncos yeah. news than, you know, any, any, uh, push notification. He's tagging us on Twitter. Hey, did you see this? So Steven, make sure you follow him on Twitter at vote moose 80. Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. So we are stoked to have you with us. And of course, as is obligatory at this point, the first thing we've got to ask you is all, I think everyone who knows you in the community is pretty familiar with the fact that you're in Nebraska and you are one of like so many of our, our community members, you exemplify the, Hashtag state of being Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is wherever you are. It is a state of being you're in Nebraska, but it's still worth asking how being that you are displaced, you're not in Denver, you're not in Colorado. How did you become such a passionate and outgoing Broncos fan? I actually grew up in Colorado in the Aurora area. So some family ties to Denver. So, so remain loyal to Denver. So you're getting a lot of a lot of feedback in the chat stream. People are happy to see you. What what's the what's your favorite Bronco memory? Well, it was my day before my 16th birthday was Super Super Bowl 50. So we kind of had a small party for that. So so and one of my that's one of my favorite memories is Super Bowl 50 when they won. So Zach, that was a pretty special moment. This one's for Pat. We've talked about it on the show many times. Iconic. Steven, what's your least favorite Broncos memory? Just curious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Long list to choose from. It's been quite a few years, so since we've been in the playoffs. Um <laughs> every season since twenty fifteen then? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's I'm just I was just Flacco is my worst memory of the Broncos. He's like the worst quarterback we've had since <laughs> Trevor Simeon, I would say. Ooh. Don't get us started. Don't insult Trevor like that. <laughs> Trevor was good. Uh, Trevor was good. He, I, I had some high hopes for that season after. Yeah. But, yeah, it was that Chiefs game when uh, they scored that touchdown quickly. It's like too much time for the Chiefs on the clock. Well, let me ask you this. We, we were talking about this, Stephen, before we went live, chit-chatting in the green room. And you had mentioned that you were at the Week 16 game last year where Drew Locke and the Broncos defeated the Detroit Lions. You got an up-close look at Graham Glasgow in that game, although you, d- you didn't have a crystal ball and had no way of knowing he'd become a Bronco. Got a look at Sam Martin, the punter. But what I really want to know is watching Drew Locke in person as a fan, 
what jumped out to you the most in that game? Because as I mentioned, he kind of started off the whole team kind of sluggish. It wasn't pretty early, but then they battened down the hatches. Locke got after it and came from behind to not only take the lead, but win that game. So what jumped out to you most about watching Locke in person? Well, his leadership and not like backing down from adversity. Like when he, like our past quarterbacks, whenever we were in through an interception or anything, it was like, we just went into our shells and for the rest of the game, but Drew Locke really pulled it out for us at the end. So that's what only Court and Sutton and really Noah Fant as weapons. This is true. And Zach, real quick, I want and I want to serve it over to you. And yeah. John, any anything in the in the comments? Of course, you let us know when you want to th- just throw them on the screen. But um, that was something, Zach, that as Steve brought brought up. You know, John Elway talked about too often the team over these post Super Bowl fifty years. As soon as the tide turned, even if it was a small thing, whether it was an interception, a turnover, whatever it might be. They would drop their eyes and get the whole here we go again kind of vibe would come over them. And then it was just a, you know, just a watershed going the wrong direction. Yeah, that's what you know, happens. You don't have a franchise quarterback on the field. You saw his the energy he brought to the offense, and you saw he made everyone around him better, including Garrett Bowles, and that's a pretty tall task. Uh, Steven, in your opinion, based on what you've seen from Drew Locke in five games, what do you think is going to be the realistic outcome for 2020? What's your record prediction? What's your prediction for Drew Locke, realistically, taking your Broncos hat off, figuratively and literally? I'd say floor is 9-7. and uh, seven. Uh, ceiling is like 11 and five or higher. So Mm. I I agree. So you didn't think I was smoking orange and blue crack as it were, when I said (laughs) nine and seven was the floor for the Broncos this year. You didn't think I was too off base. No, I was, you weren't, it was pretty spot on. So. Okay. We've got a question here via super chat from Kathy Lund, very dedicated member of our community. Really appreciate that generosity. Kathy, it means a lot to us. She says, go get him, Stephen. Work has kept me from joining the last couple live broadcasts. I think Drew Locke has that same kind of moxie like a Russell Wilson or a Patrick Mahomes to give him that breakout in year two. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos fam. Thank you, Kathy. Zach and Stephen, do you, well, let's, since Stephen, since we only have you for a very brief moment here. Do you see Locke, I mean, we've heard it from Colin Cowherd and others, that Locke is, in their estimation, going to be that year two, that next year two guy that's just going to blow the doors down. Do you see that happening, or are your expectations maybe a little bit more tempered? Well, when I saw him rapping on the bench in uh, against <laughs> Oakland, it was like, there you go, that's what we need on the team. And we hear Justin Simmons and all these other veterans like Von Miller like praising him. And so over under passing yards, 4,000 this year for Drew Locke. I'd say about 3,500 be a fair guess on this season being no pre no preseason, no off really off season. So that's actually something we're going to talk about here a little bit later in the show. Something John Elway talked about in his Tuesday press conference about the fact that he has tempered his expectations somewhat because of the word that shall go unnamed and how the entire offseason, at least in terms of the Broncos being able to get hands on the players and Pat Shermer and Mike Shula being able to get hands on Drew Locke, some of the excitement or some of the, 
higher expectations John Elway had for Drew Locke. And though he didn't go into specific detail, we'll get into it later. He's had to temper him a little bit. Do you think that's the wise thing to do, Stephen? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because with the, with how young the offense is, as John Elway said yesterday, it's kind of smart to temper the expectations right now. I'd say give them to week four, week five, and then they can have time to gel together. We've that. got Zach's web design jumping in. Big time superstar member of our community. Thank you, Zach, Thank for you. joining us. And thanks for the, your generosity, as always, my friend. And I'm looking forward to that thing that we have got cooking. We'll talk about that down the road some other time. We'll unveil that. But he says, does Zachary, let's go, Stephen, and just want to share the love of the best time of my day. That is very sweet to hear. Stephen, let me ask you something. And here's Mundungus also jumping in, showing some generosity. Thank you. The wizard. Go Big Red. So he, he knows what uh, gets Steven out of bed in the morning. Yeah. He's hoping for a Husker football season this year. So, What's the latest on the conference? What are you hearing? I'm just hearing that they're – what I've heard for the most part is that they're playing Big Ten teams and they're practicing right now So, in, at, in Lincoln. So, Fingers crossed. Yep. Do you feel good about the NFL season starting on, and not just starting on time, but John Elway for what it's worth on Tuesday? Again, this is something we'll talk more about later on, Zach and I, but since we've got you on the horn here, John Elway wouldn't go out on a limb in any way on a prediction to say the season is happening. So look, it's kind of a day-by-day thing. You never know how the the bug is going to change things. He wasn't willing to say, I do believe there's going to be a season. He said, well, you know, we'll just have to take it as it comes, see what happens. Or how confident are you that there's going to be a season this year? Well, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a season with preseason canceled. So, I mean, they want to if, – if, like Zach said on the previous show, it's if we don't have a preseason because we want a regular season, I'm fine with that. Like, I just want some football in September. Yes, yes, preach. 100%. Zeus McBee, condescending from on high, way up. You got to peer through the cl- the clouds. <laughs> MHH Mount Rushmore. He's coming on down. Appreciate you, Stu, as always. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting you back on the show here in the near future. He says, "What's up, all? Sitting in my car while peeps are walking through my house. Thank goodness for football priests. Thank you." Zeus, why are peeps walking through your house and you're chilling in the car? I'm curious. You getting your carpets cleaned or something? Uh, what's going on there? But Stu, thank you, my friend. It's good to see yeah. you. Uh, John, is there? Here we go. Awesome. A six foot ten jumping in on super chat. Really thank appreciate you, that. Of course, this is also a podcaster, a burgeoning, fledgling podcaster, just getting his start. He says, which side do you think will show improvement most, offense or defense? And then he says, you rock, Steven. Hashtag no hat, Chad. Hashtag Steven. <laughs> hashtag Broncos talk, which is his, the name of his podcast. So, Steven, if you want to answer this, but then also why you think what you think. Well, I think the offense has shown some improvement, but also defense is going to take another jump in year two with Fangio's scheme. It's a new scheme for the offense. So I'd say Fangio's system with the players that they have and with A.J. Boye being heavily pursued by Fangio by the, from the Bears, I think the defense is, showed more, is more improving with that defensive line. Cornerbacks do worry me, though. But 
it's the with Von Miller away, he's just built his muscles up. It's <laughs> offenses look out. He does look like a beast. I mean, this guy has he's put on some weight. Coach Fangio addressed that yesterday. We'll talk about it probably a little bit later in the show, and we might play some of the clips of what the fellas had to say. All right, Stephen, we're going to give you one more here. This one is from Eclipse Stormborn jumping in on Super Chat, and then we'll cut you loose for tonight. He says, uh, "Thank you." Eclipse. And by the way, thank you, Eclipse. He says, "Happy Hump Day, priests, Stephen, and Broncos country." Stephen, you're doing great. How do you feel about Gordon versus Lindsay? Hashtag state of being. Hashtag MHHUN. What's your answer for Eclipse? I, I think Lindsay's going to be the main back, but in red zone Preach. situations, they're going to give Lindsay the, uh, Gordon the ball because he's more of the power back, and Lindsay will get more of the getting it down towards the end zone. So I think Lindsay will still get his fair amount of touchdowns for. Um, to get into the end zone, but Gordon will be that main back to get into the end zone if they need at right at the goal line. He'll be the vulture. Christy jumping in, the queen of MHH, showing Steven some love, showing the podcast some love. As always, we are grateful for your support, Christy. She says, great job, Steven. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> I don't know. I might screw that up trying to say it. <laughs> she says, great to see all the supers. We need a tape delay. Yes, we do. But uh, thank you, Christy. And Stephen, thank you for joining us, my friend. I'm, I want to, again, rem- remind everybody, if you're on Twitter, it's worth it following Steve Baumgartner on Twitter. You can see yes. on the screen I, uh, I changed it. This is his actual Twitter account, at VoteMoose80. And before we cut you loose – Explain this Twitter account. What does Vote Moose 80 mean? Well, it was back when the Royals – I'm a big Royals fan, so okay. um, it was back in one of the All-Star games when they were trying to get uh, um, what we call uh, – a player we called Moose into the okay. All-Star game. So so it was All Mike right. Moustakas. So. Gotcha. I thought it was gotcha. Mike Moustina, the Yankees pitcher. It was Mike That's Moustakas, what... so – <laughs> all right man well now I've, I've always wondered that ever since i started engaging with you on twitter and then tagging you after shows and stuff like that so thank you for joining us my friend and for your support of mile high huddle and just what you bring to the community it's been really fun for zach and i to get to know you over the over the months and and this time we've spent and then a chance tonight to get to talk to you so thanks for joining us yeah thanks thank, thank you guys We'll, uh, we'll talk to you on down the road, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you in the chat stream. And I know the community community will want to be talking to you still tonight, too. So All right. you have a good night, my friend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Steven. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. There he goes. That's Steve Baumgartner. You know him. You love him. Big-time member of the community. And he did great. Yep. It didn't start out so great when we did our test before we went live, but we worked through the kinks and he rocked and he rolled. And he's just, Zach, one of the most passionate, outgoing Broncos fans I've ever I've ever come across in, in all the years we've been doing this, whether it's the pods or the videos, writing content, social media, covering the Broncos. I've come across a pretty spectacularly passionate Broncos fans, and he's he's at the top in terms of that passion. Yeah, Stephen, don't stop tagging us. I can speak for Chad. I mean, we we some of the things that I miss on Twitter, you're always there and following, and it, it puts my eyes on it, so I appreciate that. And he's a great follow on Twitter, Twitter great Broncos fan. Be sure to uh, check him out. Vote Moose Amen. Amen. All right. So there are a few things I want to get to. We're 24 minutes into tonight's pod, and I think what I want to do is I, I put together kind of a list of topics from – the uh, John Elway and Vic Fangio pressers from Tuesday. I just want to make sure really quick here, John, From have we missed anyone that we didn't get early? I know there's been a few that have come in. Let me just double check it on, on the YouTube side real quick because I don't want to miss any of our superstars here. So bear with me one second, gang, and then we'll get back into the main meat and potatoes of tonight's show. Do you have... Do you have uh, Duke? There he is, Duke Boynton, jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, as Thank always, you, my friend. Dude. He's an FSU Seminoles fan, and he says, hashtag Terry Randall put me up to this. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate you, Duke. Give our best to your kids and your family there. What about Ed? Do you have Ed, John? Because this is a guy that, look at him, rocking the football priest T-shirt. He's been not in the streams like he was for – I mean, he he was so consistent for a yeah, long time. I feel like we haven't he's seen him for a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. And he's back in the saddle. He reached out. I, I want to say it was on Twitter, letting us know he's going to be back in the saddle. It's so great to have you back. Really appreciate your yeah. super chat, Ed, as always, my friend. He says, Denver Broncos for life. So happy to be back. Broncos are winning the division over the Chiefs this year. Book it here, LOL. Love the love the confidence, love the enthusiasm. It's got to come out in the wash, but now's the time for optimism. You know, you need all the good vibes and football universe juju that this team can get. I guess if you're going to wear glasses, might as well make them orange tinted, Chad. You know, it's the best way to rock it and go about your life. And uh, I I like the confidence. And you know what? 
I'm not going to predict this. I don't think it's going to happen, but crazier things have happened, Chad. Any given Sunday isn't just a movie. It's a way of life in the NFL. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm not, I'm not expecting that either. They're going to have a good season, though, Broncos. It, it's, uh, speaking of which, any given Sunday, mm. yeah, it's, a, it's a good movie. Oliver Stone, I, I'm a big fan of what Oliver Stone does with movies, and Al Pacino is the head coach, and – what was my that? Demon Willie Beeman? Right? Yeah, it's Demon Willie Beeman. Jamie Foxx was great in that movie. That was uh, still early on in his jump from being a comedian to being like a serious actor. I remember going like, wow, this is different when it came out. Going, you know, he's he's got some dramatic acting chops. This this kid might go far. Now he's an he's a he's an Oscar winning actor. So anyway, uh, real quick from Mizzou and Broncos for life. He wants to know, hey Chad and Zach, I feel like we're a twelve and fourteen. Wow. What do you think? <laughs> the Zach, optimism tonight is is amazing. I love it. Again, I'm not predicting 12 and four. It would take a massive leap for a young team who won seven games last year with no offseason, a limited training camp, no preseason, a first time, full time starting quarterback, all these new moving parts on offense. I would confidently say nine and seven, 10 and six, or like Steven said, maybe 11 and five, 12 and four it would have to be a year of Drew Locke. He would have to have a Lamar Jackson type year or a Patrick Mahomes type year. And again, is that impossible? No. He has the talent. The Broncos have the talent and they have the coaching. But is it expected? Is that is that the expectation for this year? I wouldn't say that either. It could happen. They have an easier schedule. They're a well-rounded team shot. The defense is going to be lights out this year. And if the offense can just kind of catch up to the defense, if they take two steps ahead and not just one, you never know. Derek Green, showing some love on Super Chat. Appreciate you as always, Thank my you, friend. We've got that T-shirt headed you and Adina's way, so give it a little time. It'll get to you. But he says, great to see you guys. You're showing some love from our family. Very Appreciate sweet. You. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, we also got John Libick, and we're going to get to some content here in just one second. Jumping in, $5 Super. Thank, Thank you, you, John. John. I just re- I didn't realize this till recently that we are also friends on Facebook, so we'll have to uh, – uh, make more of that connection on social media, John. He says, what are the chances the safety from Texas Tech, so Douglas Coleman, makes the 53-man ro- uh, roster? I think they're better than the average college free agents, to be honest with you. Now, yeah. none of these college free agents, this was something Fangio and Elway both spoke to yesterday, You know, their, their odds were diminished by the fact that there were no OTAs and that there are going to be no preseason snaps for them to kind of build their case. But even that still being said – Zach, there's so much unproven uncertainty behind Simmons and Kareem Jackson. I mean, really, Trey Marshall is the next longest tenured NFL guy you've got there, and he's still barely – he's not proven yet. You know, he's he's had some snaps. He's played a lot of special teams. Saw some time on defense late in the year when Kareem was doing his two-game suspension for DUI. But I could totally see a guy like Douglas Coleman coming in and not only being – possibly a fourth safety to make the roster because they're going to probably carry four, but actually unseating a guy like Trey Marshall, just because his traits, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. His traits are he's great ball skills, physical, sure tackler, quintessential Fangio safety, physical guy, instinctive, smart. So I think he's got a better than average college free agent chance, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee him a spot, Zach. 
I was going to say he should have been drafted. This was a fifth-round, sixth-round pick they got as an undrafted, and that's just the Broncos scouting. Once again, they have tremendous luck in the eighth round with defensive backs, and Coleman is a great player. If this was a normal year with a normal training camp and a normal preseason, I would give Coleman about a 70% chance of making the final roster as that third safety as the new Will Parks. They don't have a veteran behind him. I don't count Trey Marshall as a veteran. He's still a young guy with a lot to prove. But because he has no preseason, because he has a limited training camp, he doesn't really have much opportunity to rise up and beat out the incumbent, Trey Marshall, who already has time in the Broncos system. He has time in Fangio's scheme. He knows at least the play calls. He knows the playbooks. Uh, Coleman has a a higher hill to climb. I would give him about 55% chance, though. It's still better than, than, you know, break even. But it's not where it would have been in a normal offseason with normal circumstances. Great player. One of him or Bassey, the cornerback, the undrafted cornerback, should make the final roster. I'm going to put my money for now on actually both making it. They're that good. If I had to choose between the two, I'd give Coleman slightly better odds just because there is such a log jam at cornerback. Bassey, because of standard practice squad rules, I could see them going, you know. I think we can, with no there being no preseason film, I think we can sneak this undrafted rookie onto the practice squad and not have to worry about waivers. Coleman's case, they could probably do the same, to be honest with you. He went undrafted. But I think just because of roster math and the way this thing is juxtaposed now, I like his own. By the way, Glenn jumping in. Appreciate you, as always, you, my Glenn. friend. He says, congrats on your appearance tonight, Stephen, and it's nice to meet you. That's probably, to me, Zach, the, my favorite part of these superstar segments is just getting a chance. You know, it's not necessarily in person in a, in a traditional sense, but hearing their voice, seeing their face, getting a, a feel for their vibe and stuff and kind of connecting those dots with what we know about them in the community, whether it's a chat stream on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. My favorite part is seeing the supportive comments that our superstars get after the fact chatter. I mean, we're really, truly a family here. We're not just a community. We're not just a podcast. We're all one. We all root for the same team. We all are under the same umbrella. And we're all very friendly. It's not just formality. We're not just saying it on the surface. It's what we believe. And we're all encouraging of everyone who wants to get up there and talk. It's not easy chat. To get on camera and start speaking, start talking Broncos, it's not easy. I give Steven a ton of credit, everyone who's done it a ton of credit, and the support that they've gotten, Chad, speaks volumes to me. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Amen. Joseph, we're glad to hear everything went well with your father. That is definitely good news. And we got Chris Hernandez also showing some big-time generosity on Super Chat. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, great to see, hear from you, Stephen. Glad I made it to the pod on time. Hashtag MHH fam. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. That's a very gentle reminder, guys. Make sure you're liking this video, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. And then here's Steve. Look, he comes on the show, actually helps us provide content, and then he shows some love on Super Chat, supporting the, the MHHUN. Appreciate you, Stephen. As always, he says, thank you, guys. Hashtag state of being. Thank you, Stephen. You're the man. All right. <clears throat> Let's uh, shift gears here. I want to draw your attention to something John Elway said that I think got missed by quite a few people. Now, up to this point, only one Bronco has chosen to opt out for out of concern for the word that shall go unmentioned, and that was Kyle <laughs> Pecco, who we oddly <laughs> talked about the night before. He yeah. ended up being a topic of conversation, you and I, and then he ends up opting out. Nevertheless, John Elway, let me pull this up real quick and get it staged here. Um, can't, can't be cut if you're opt out. Smart. This is true. And by the way, because he ended up as a high risk designation, guess what? His stipend is 350K this year. Now, if he gets cut, or I don't even know if he still has any practice squad eligibility left. He's been on the practice squad so long and so many different times. I don't want to steer anyone wrong. I don't know if he did, but still, it's three times what he would have gotten being on a practice squad. So I don't blame for taking that out, especially when you consider for Pecco, Zach, that his wife, he took time away last year when he was a Buffalo Bill, took time away because she was, I can't remember, lymphoma, some form of cancer. So she's in that higher risk comorbidity yeah. for the word that she'll go and mention. I don't blame him in terms of wanting to minimize any chance of exposing her. to. He'd probably be fine. You know, he's a pro athlete and big fella in pretty good condition for for his his age demographic, but in her case, maybe not so much. Now, here's what I wanted to show you real quick, though, Zach. Something that John always said. <laughs> show that again. Show that again, John. <laughs> so random. <laughs> in the house. Out of context. Hashtag. People are wondering what that means. Girth. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's give it some context. Kyle Pecco is a man of some girth. Okay. <laughs> and now uh, he's gonna take this this year off and Spend some extra time with his family. So <laughs> thanks Huddle for helping out for some, dark. Some levity. <laughs> All right. So here is something John Elway said really quick, and then uh, we'll talk about it. You know, he, yeah, he there had three conditions that they have listed, and I don't know what those that whole list is. And I think, I don't know if it's high blood pressure or if it was asthma or something, but I stated that uh, uh, the, the, that was the reason why he was opting out because of. Uh, he was more susceptible and so more dangerous for him. So I understood that. Uh, I've not heard of any 
anybody else so far. Um, you know, there's been some rumblings about a couple guys, but uh, we've not heard anything else yet. There's been some rumblings, Zach, about a couple other guys. So he, it sounds like the Broncos are worried. Maybe there's a couple other players who might choose to opt out. Yeah. It's sitting here on Wednesday evening, quarter to seven mountain time. So far, there's been no news of any other veterans or rookies for that matter, choosing to opt out. First of all, John's touching his face. Come on, man. You got to be better than that. We're in weird times right now. Um, yeah. John and me, I'm the face touching king <laughs> over here, but John, yeah. Hopefully he washed him afterward, but I could see Kareem Jackson. Uh, I mean, he had it already, Chad. You don't ever know if he wants to maybe, I don't know if there's double jeopardy when it comes to CV. We don't know anything about that just yet. If they can get it twice, but maybe he's considering it. Von Miller. I did mention this a few pods ago. I don't think it's going to happen because he had it already, but he does have asthma. He does have, you know, not the greatest lung capacity at times. Maybe I don't see it happening. It would be a lower-end player based on what Elway is inferring there. I don't think it's anyone like Drew Locke or Philip Lindsay. Um, but until it happens, it's all speculation. It really is. Um, hold on one second. Let me find this next clip. Here it is. And it ties into <clears throat> it ties into a super chat here from Boggins, who says, Justin Sims, appreciate the support as always, yeah. my friend. Thank you. And your new intro for Mile High Insiders is crushing. We debuted that, uh, what was it, su- Saturday night, Sunday morning? Anyway, appreciate you, my friend. He says, Justin Simmons made the NFL's uh, top 100 players best of the rest at 108. This is a good example, Zach, of how team a lack of team success affects the individual accolades and perception of individual players. But on this topic, John Elway actually – clued us in a little bit, not in great detail, but he talked about how, or I should say he revealed that in the negotiations with Justin Simmons that kind of fell through and he, now he's playing on the tag, they were far uh, far apart in price. Let me just play this clip real quick from Elway. Uh, well, you know, we worked with Justin. I think that uh, there were some concerns with our, on our side as far as what was going to go on, where the cap was going to be, and, and uh, you know, having discussions with Joe as far as, you know, how far we wanted, wanted to go, how much guaranteed money we wanted to get to. Uh, that was a concern with all the unknowns that we had that, uh, you know, plus we were, our numbers were far apart too. So just didn't feel like we were going to get there. And so um, we didn't get there. I think that, you know, hopefully – of Justin, what we think of Justin, that uh, we can get something done next year in the offseason, which we'd like to make him a problem for a long time because he's the type of person we want, as I said, before this before this uh, league or year started. So uh, we're you know, unfortunate that it didn't work out. You know, Jarrell brings a heck of a lot of, uh, you know. He goes on to talk about Jarrell Casey a little bit and A.J. Bouye, but Zach. Exactly if, what we said. If the Kansas City Chiefs can come up with half a billion dollars with the uncertainty <laughs> of the cap, the Broncos couldn't figure out a way to get to, to whatever Justin Simber, Simmons' number is. At the same time, I wonder if they were that far apart. I mean, the Broncos are obviously willing to pay him $11 million and change for this year. How big of a departure would 13 14 even $15 million be from 11 when you've got an all-pro caliber safety still just barely hitting his prime? I'm wondering what kind of money was Simmons asking for if they were that far apart? 
he had to be asking for top two, top three at worst safety money, Chad. And I understand what you're saying. I just can never compare a quarterback and a non-quarterback. The Chiefs knew they had to pay Mahomes, and his price was only going to go up. It was only going to be $600 million or $700 million if they would have waited a couple years from now. Whereas Justin Simmons, he's not a quarterback. He's a really, really, really good and dynamic safety, but he's not a quarterback. And his, his price could go down next year if he has it down near, if he gets hurt. I think that's what the Broncos are banking on. But he... Elway admitted exactly what we said. If this was a normal offseason, more than likely they would have gotten something done. They would have compromised on maybe 14 a year, 14, five a year, uh, a front loaded contract. We all both know Elway has his price in negotiations and he's very hard to negotiate with. And someone like Todd France, which is Justin Simmons agent, he's a super agent. Elway's a super GM in that sense. And when two heads butt like that, it's not going to be Elway giving up that positioning, Chad, that leverage. He is a very uh, tough stickler in these kind of talks, and he was never going to come up to Justin Simmons' asking price if it indeed was $15, $16 million a year. In this offseason, Chad, he was never going to make Simmons the highest-paid safety in NFL history. And you know what? He might not do that regardless. It's just in terms of how he views Simmons. And I think a part of it also, they want to see Simmons do it again. He was great last year with Fangio. He really was. He was a pro, all pro. If he can duplicate that success, if it's not just a flash on the pan, I think Elway would come up a few million dollars to what's more amenable to Justin Simmons and, and his camp. That was something I talked about long before we eventually got the resolution on, on Simmons and turned out to be the franchise tag. Something I talked quite a bit about were the misgivings I had of paying a safety that much top of the market type of money in a scheme that is safety friendly, that a lot of safeties could thrive in. But also the fact that, look, even though he's a three-year starter, you only saw that elite caliber, Pro Bowl caliber production one year. I don't blame Elway and the Broncos for saying, look, let's rent him one more year and see if he can do it again. If he can do it again, we'll break out the the checkbook. But then the question becomes, if he really does do it again, I mean, his value could go up by many – you know, percentages when 2021 rolls around. And for the Broncos, that might just be simply a, you know, a chance they're willing to take because of all the other factors this year with regard to the cap and the word that should go unmentioned and revenues going down and the whole nine yards. And by the way, we got Jeff C jumping in. Jeff Cohen, really appreciate your super, you, as Jeff. always, your support, Jeff. Seminoles, thumbs down. I'm a Gator. I'm orange and blue in college and NFL. It worked out. What are your thoughts on KJ Hamler potential? Uh, Zach, you start with this. Your thoughts on Hamler's potential, short and long term. I was going to specify which one. In in the short term, especially when this type of season, again, with no no preseason and limited training camp, it could be a while before Hamler realizes his potential in the NFL. And his potential is a Deshaun Jackson type or maybe even a low-grade version of Tyreek Hill. In the interim, though, he could be reduced to sub-packages, situational roles. He could be a decoy. He might not be this instant impact player compared to someone like Jerry Judy or even Noah Fant last year. I mean, it could take a while for Hamler to get going. But if all things jive the way the Broncos think that it will, under Zach Azani, one of the best wide receiver coaches in the entire NFL, having someone like Hamler's speed, which obviously we all know you can't teach, you can't buy it, you can't learn it through osmosis. He has it, and he can burn NFL defenses. For the long term, I see him as a high-end wide receiver too. I disagree with Chad Ochoacinco who said he's a wide receiver one. 
I don't think he'll ever have the height for that or the consistency in his hands or his route running to be a wide receiver one, but a very, very good wide receiver two. And then you have a wide receiver one in Jerry Judy, potentially. You already have a bona fide wide receiver one in Cortland Sutton. You have Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. We all know the players in the interim. And to start out the season, he can be a ghost. You might wonder, where is KJ Hamler? Why didn't they take another guy in the second round? Was he a wasted pick? All the hand-wringing will start. As the season goes on, though. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. As law gets more comfortable, like I'm mentioning, there's only so many targets to go around. You're asking a young quarterback to feed four or five different players on a consistent basis, and it's just not doable. It's not realistic, especially, again, having no offseason. As time goes on, he can hit his ceiling. He can be a very dangerous player in the NFL. Wide receiver one, I don't know, but a very good wide receiver two, I think, in 2021 and beyond that. Well said. We've talked about it quite a bit on this podcast. <clears throat> People are very quick to, especially because of his draft pedigree, supplant Deshaun Hamilton out of the gates with KJ Hamler. And while I'm not completely eliminating that as a possibility between now and the season opener, as Zach kind of hinted at there, I think it's going to take time for him because of a lack of overall reps going around to leapfrog Hamilton. But as you get into the season, it's get more exposure to lock more exposure to the coaches. He'll win more and more of a seat at the table. I think 2020 is just going to be a very unique year for all rookies, save Jerry Judy but he's more of a pick for beyond. I think he'll have some big plays this year. I think the Broncos will find ways yes. to use him. And I just don't think from a consistency perspective, you're going to be able to see that quite yet. That's, that's a down the road consideration. Uh, Terry Randall jumping in up in Canada, north of that 49th parallel. Uh, parallel you, as always, Broncos country is not a geographic location. 
It's a state of being. He says, football priest, state of being, hashtags, might not be able to make the pod next week after being thrown under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) We we are looking forward to having you on. It's going to be really fun. The seventh podcast episode of the Superstar segments, it's going to be a gas, Terry. So thanks, and we look forward to seeing you. Uh, BG, as we call him behind the scenes here, Brian Greenfield jumping in, the record holder for the most generous super chat in Mile High Huddle history, jumping in. Really appreciate that. Thank you, sir. And then more um, orange-colored glasses from Ed. We love seeing it. We love seeing it. We want to, in spirit, we're right there with you. We just need to see it come out in the wash a little bit. I wouldn't completely sleep on this as a possibility as as – optimistic as it might sound coming from Ed. He says, Locke will be the MVP this year. Thanks, Chad and Zach. We thank you, Ed. But Zach, if someone were to put in, I don't know what the juice is right now on, on in the odds on Locke winning the MVP, but <laughs> put a couple of couple of bucks on that. And uh, if he ends up pulling it out, I think you will do quite well as a better. You never know. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson last year. I mean, we, we he couldn't even throw a ball in his rookie year, Chad. He just ran with the football. Last year, he was the MVP. Came out of nowhere. Didn't have a lot of weapons to work with either. It could happen with Drew Locke, but the more realistic outcome is he's the Broncos MVP and not the NFL MVP, which is fine. Because if he's the Broncos MVP, they're going to have a great season. Amen. We haven't seen JP for a while. We got JP nice. back in the house. It's good to see a fellow yeah. drummer, by the way. <clears throat> really good to see you. Thank you for the super chat, JP. He says, yo, hope everyone's doing well. Haven't been on in forever because of school and new work schedule. Chad and Zach, much love to you both. What should we look out uh, look look out for to – okay, well, what should we look out for in Locke's development? Look for – I think you okay. got it. Yeah. Um, look out for – Okay, so what, what, like maybe a concern, I think, is what he's getting at. Like, what's something that might take some time to iron out the kinks? I'm not 100% sure, JP, just at the end there, what you're, what you were asking, but I'm just going to take a, a leap here. And in terms of what we got to kind of pay close attention to, can lock overcome some of these um, weaknesses to his game? The, the biggest thing is footwork to me for Drew Locke is footwork, technical discipline, making sure his platform is as consistent as it can be because guys that have that strong arm like Locke, I mean, you see Patrick Mahomes and guys like that are more the exception than the rule in that those strong arm guys, they think they can throw a freaking marshmallow through a battleship. And so they get kind of sloppy and less disciplined with their throwing mechanics and their footwork. And it ends up getting them into a lot of trouble. Now <clears throat> you look at a guy like Brett Favre, who is also known as just a, had a cannon attached to that right shoulder He also threw a lot of picks because he wasn't always the most disciplined thrower. So for me, the biggest thing to watch as he develops is make sure that discipline footwork is there. And I think that's something that Pat Shermer and Mike Shula will, will harp on without completely, you know, putting the bug in his ear to a point where he's just like consumed with it. You got to be able to go out there and just play and naturally do your thing, but you got to try and also focus on tighten that up. 
Very well said, Chad. Yeah, I, I'm talking about what I, or I'm looking for in Drew Locke is consistency. And I don't mean that on a snap-by-snap basis or him throwing a perfect spiral or a, you know, a, a tosser, a floater over the top. I'm talking about what happens on a week-by-week basis, what happens when the chips are down, what happens when he gets picked off four times in a game, because it's going to happen. He's going to have a bad game. He's a first-year full-time starting quarterback. What happens when the Broncos get blown out? What happens when the Broncos, if they go on a losing streak? That's the leadership I want to see from Drew Locke. I want to see him. I want to see that guy rapping on the bench. I want to see that loose backyard football kind of quarterback who can pump up his team. But when the chips are down, we saw it last year. They get, they lost the chiefs. He came back and beat the Raiders. That's not a huge litmus test for Drew Locke and company beating the Raiders. I want to see it happen. Uh, this season, let's say they lose to the uh, Steelers in week two. They come back in week three and beat the Buccaneers. That's what I want to see from Drew Locke. And I want to see him own the quarterback position in Denver. He is the most hyped quarterback since Peyton Manning. He knows the expectations on his shoulder. He knows the Broncos did every single thing in their power this offseason to surround him with the proper coaching, the proper players, the proper scheme, and the proper confidence. And it's up to him to take hold of that and show that he's worthy of having that title. I think he will, but we can't assume it's going to be Chad. We've gotten let on way too often with the Simeons and the Flaccos and the Lynches and the Osweilers. Locke, I think, will buck that trend, but until he does, it's all conjecture. I want to see it come out, as you say, Chad, in the wash on a week-by-week basis. Yep. Excellent, excellent uh, points there. We got Dylan jumping in one of our longtime listeners and super chat superstars and MHH community members. Appreciate you, you, Dylan, as always, my brother. He says, can't believe we're almost to the season guys. Hashtag Broncos country. It's inching closer. It's inching closer. And while we are on that topic um, of the season, in fact, let me see where I had this. Yeah. John Elway was asked, how do you measure success? Now this was a real question you get from, from media. It's like, this is the NFL. How do you think you measure success? It's called wins and losses. That's how you measure success. But nevertheless, in answering this question, as obvious as it sounds, John Elway said some interesting things. And it kind of speaks to what his, even though he's tempered some of his expectations for Locke and the young guys because of there being no offseason or preseason, he does kind of hint at some other things here. Let me, let me grab what he said real quick. Well, again, the bottom line is we got to win. You know, I think that's ultimately – the bottom line and, and you guys are always so generous and say you know it is time to build it so we'll give them time <laughs> you got it man all right i mean I you guys are right that you're giving us time but uh, the uh, the idea is no we, we realize we got to try to figure out how to win football games mark and i think uh, you know i think if you look on the defensive side um you know for the most part with the players that with the veterans that we've added to the defensive side you know and i think with the veterans that have been here with another year of Vic's uh, understanding Vic's defense, what it's about, you know, obviously we're going to have to lean on the defense and uh, hopefully we can come out. We are, we are, we do have a veterans, veterans on the defensive side that we can, you know, rely on them as we grow as an offense. And so, you know, that's the hope, you know, I'd love to see us come out and score, you know, 40 points against Tennessee on Monday night, but that, you know, I'm not saying that can happen, but, Obviously, with the youth that we do have, it's going to take some time, and hopefully we can play better defense with the veterans we have coming in and, and uh, give us a chance. But ultimately, uh, Mark, it's, it's, it is to win football games. All right, so I don't know how much 
again, we need to rehash the fact that it does come down to wins and losses here. But I like that he's saying uh, against the Tennessee Titans, first of all, I love the wink and, and the little barb <laughs> at the media there. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'd love to see us come out and score 40 points against Tennessee on Monday night. Elway says, I'm not saying that can't happen, but with the youth that we have, it's going to take some time. I don't know. I mean, if if this quarterback is the truth, they've got the talent around him, the skill positions. It really does just come down to Locke being the guy. If he can be that guy, 30, 40 points, even on a season opener against a playoff caliber team. I mean, we've, we've seen guys like Peyton Manning do it before. We saw Jay Cutler do these type of things back in the day against the Raiders on an opening night on Monday Night Football also. So I hope it happens that way, though. It's just funny that he's saying he wants to temper expectations and saying he hopes they score 40 points on Monday Night Football in week one. It's like, what side of our mouth are you talking about? Um, I understand where he's coming from with that. And I hate those type of questions, Chad. How do you define success? I mean, what does that even mean? It's not a philosophy class. It's not It's not a theory. It's wins and losses. If Locke develops as Elway thinks he will, they're going to be winning. They will have success. If he doesn't, they're going to lose. They will have failure. It's really as simple as that. And if you get a bar back from John Elway, if he has to resort to that, then you know it's a dumb question. Yes, indeed. All right, we got uh, – <clears throat> BG, jumping back in here. Thank you, Brian. Another super. Appreciate you as always, Brian. And he says, uh, I'll donate $100 for every game the Broncos win from week one until they lose. 16-0, here we come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, here you don't have to do that. You know that, BG. That's uh, awesome. We love the optimism. Obviously, it's it's great, man. And that's those are vibes and energy that the team needs right now, so it's good. Uh, KP, jumping in. With a $5 super. Thank Appreciate you, Kevin. you, Kevin. He said, and sporting the one-of-a-kind orange MHH hat that is officially out of print. He says, uh, it's what ties us together. We're diehards. We come to Unite and talk Broncos every day. We may disagree, but that's what diehards do. Hashtag like a family. Very well said, Zach. Yeah, we're all, you know, brothers and sisters from another mother, Chad. We're not like a family. I think we really are a family here. It's it's more than just a little community. It's great what we've, uh, not just what we've assembled, but what with everyone else has done too. Their contributions and their support, it's been phenomenal. Mundungus jumping back in on Super Chat to say, <laughs> no context needed, boys. Just roll with it. Hashtag girth. That's becoming a thing. It's becoming a thing. I'm going to have to find more unique, creative ways to work it into to, uh, my rhetoric here on the podcast just to just to troll our audience and state of girth. <laughs> I don't know much about it. <laughs> All right, that, that won't cause any reactions, Ted. Okay. I'm going to shift gears real quick. <laughs> and I want to get to Fangio. Elway had a few other interesting things to say, and if we weren't already sitting at 57 minutes, I'd get to him. But I want to get to this – comment from Fangio talking about bowls first and foremost, and then also what he had to say about Von Miller's new hunger. He continues to find ways to kind of insult Von by building him up. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen between a player and a coach. But here, here's what Fangio said. Uh, the first part about Garrett, you know, I think it remains to be seen who has – any sort of advantage or disadvantage based upon the uh, current atmosphere. You know, I do think Garrett, I saw him the other day, has had a very good off season. I think he feels he's in his best spot. 
both uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally that he's ever been in during his career. I think he um, feels good coming back with the same offensive line coach for the first time, I think, in his career. You know, he's, you know, he's had me as the head coach now for two years. Um, so I think the arrow is up as far as it goes for Derek. Now, you know, that's easy to say here as we sit late July. We'll see how it unfolds. But I think he's in a good spot as it relates to everything as much as he can be. Uh, in relationship to Vaughn, you know, yeah, him and I have kept in contact through the offseason. He has sent me some videos and pictures. Oh, and and I, I do think, you know, again, I haven't seen it with my own eyes. Um, but from everything I hear and know, I do think he's had a hell of an off season. And, you know, we all know he had the COVID there for a little bit. Don't think he was affected Beep. very much by it. And it really didn't slow him down much. So I'm anxious to see him. He's put on some weight. I know he's worked extremely hard. And I do sense that he's got a hunger to his game and to his attitude that I don't think he's had the last few years in the league. Zach, again, he builds him up by saying he's a beast. I've kept in touch with him. He's been crushing the offseason. And by the way, he hasn't been very motivated the last few years, but I think he finally got it back. I don't I, – I, I, I don't understand the relationship they have. He's talking about Vaughn like he's a former player, Chad. Like, oh, I, I, I hope you're in contact with him. He's a future Hall of Fame pass rusher. He's your, def- your face of the franchise. I hope you would be in contact with him. But speaking of weight, can we talk about how svelte uh, Fangio looks? He, he dropped, like, what, 20, 25 pounds, Chad? He's the only guy who actually lost weight in quarantine. Says he lost 30. 30, that's what it was. He looks it. Looks good. He does. He looks nice and svelte and ready to attack uh, 2020, although I was a little bit sad to hear him say I live alone. I was like, man, Vic, you got you to gotta get on that, dude. Figure it out. Mundungus, appreciate your support as always, my friend. He says, Chad, hashtag Team Girth Hats for Swag has been requested. We'll see, we'll see what we can do, my dog. Um, we're on the wrong side of the 60-minute mark, so we got to hustle through these remaining supers, and then we got to bounce out. We ran out of time a little bit to get all these different Fangio clips. But Mike Evans jumping in. Love that profile pic, by the way, dude. I'm so glad you got that to us, Mike, and you got the stadium in the background. Uh, but he says, nothing of value to add. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, appreciate Mike. You. You know, we appreciate you, buddy. Um, one of my buddies here, Gary Smith, longtime listener of the show, big-time supporter of MHH. Uh, he says, good to drop in, see the show, brothers. Hope you all doing good. Got a feeling we're going to do better than most. Maybe no Super Bowl, but going to raise some eyebrows. Faux show. I hope you're right, Gary. I hope you're right. I think that they're definitely gonna outkick the coverage they had last year. I think seven and nine, they'll they'll finish better than that. And if they can be one of those seven playoff teams, get into the dance. You never know what could happen there. All right, real quick, Zach, John. I don't know if you have the next one here. Um, I'm scrolling, but the chat just did a jump. Oh my goodness. BG. Wow. Man of his word right there. Wow. Some, some very stunning generosity on Super Chat. Thank you. Um, just blows us away. Thanks, Brian. I mean, it just means everything to us, and this allows us to keep cranking, keep all of our support from our superstars, 
just allows us to keep bringing this to you daily, not just these pods, but the written content and the videos. And I mean, this is what we live. This is what we eat, sleep and breathe. And you guys allow us to do that. So thank you, Brian. He says, Drew is the real deal. I'm so much higher on him than all you guys. His pocket presence is the best I've seen from a rookie in my lifetime. And yes, there's a difference between scrambling and presence in the pocket. I expected him to be the best QB to be drafted. I expect him to be the best QB to be drafted by Denver. Brian, thank you, my friend. And Zach, that speaks to something we talked about a week or two back. The fact that Drew Locke, for quarterbacks who had at least 150 dropbacks last uh, last season, was the hardest quarterback to sack in the NFL. It's not. He's right. There's pocket presence, and then there's elusiveness. Right, being able to right. scramble, break the pocket. They're a little. They're tied together a little bit. But Drew Locke showed both, and that's what's so encouraging, and why that statistic of taking what was it four and a half seconds almost to when he did get sacked, it would be at the four and a half second mark, and that led all quarterbacks with 150 snaps. Or, uh, and a lot, a lot of impromptu playmaking ability as well. Very Mahomesian or Farvian, Romoian kind of in the pocket where he escapes pressure, escapes trouble, and gets rid of the ball and pushes it downfield. You can't teach that, and most rookies don't learn that just yet. It's something that you're born with, and Locke just has that it factor. I'm right there with you, Brian. I do think he's the real deal. I'm going to pump the brakes on saying he's the best quarterback, this and that. I'm not going to laud him too much. I want to see him prove it, and he'd be the first one to say the same thing. I haven't earned anything yet in the NFL. I'm still a young player with a lot to prove. I think he will. He's going to make the Broncos a playoff team and a perennial contender from here on out, but I just want to see it in action, in reality, not just practicality. We got Joe, 1997, jumping in. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to stop in live since I usually uh, watch after the fact and show some love. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag best pod ever. Hashtag, then this one's crucial, gang. Smash that like button. Very sweet, Joe. We really do appreciate that, my friend. And we're glad that you were able to get into the live session as well, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Christy, the queen of MHH, jumping in again. Thank she you. She says, this crew needs a meet and greet. Football party or something. Should have had one, Chad. If it wasn't yeah. for freaking CV. You know, we'll have to figure something out because we were going to have one in Vegas for the draft. Maybe we could still do something in Vegas this year because that's a place a lot of people want to go. We could mm-hmm. do it in Denver. We could do. We could come up with something. But I think she's right. That's something that is definitely on the docket of things that need to happen. It's just a matter of finding the right environment the right situation in which to host it that's going to work for everybody because again as eclipse coined a couple weeks back mhh or a week back wherever that was mhh is like the un of broncos country our 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 listeners our community is all across the country all across the world and so what we would need to find some place that would be almost a neutral gathering point at some, but we'll figure it out down the road she's right though that's something that zach and i have been talking about now since January, to be honest with you. We were planning on doing it in Vegas, and the freaking word that should go unmentioned crushed us. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of our demographic from Vegas as well, Chad. It's it's not that far from Denver, and I think it'd be a good location for us to do something. But eventually, it's it's an absolute that we have to do a meet and greet just to give back to our community some more and put more faces to the name, You know, just meet some people. I think it'll be super fun. Okay, we got Jeff C. jumping back in. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. says, let's not sleep on Fant. Last year, he was confused by the pro level. He made great plays. If he can develop in year two, he'll ball. 
hashtag Denver Broncos for life, hashtag Broncos West. I'm definitely not sleeping on Fant. I've said it on multiple public forums, including this podcast, written articles, Twitter. I think Fant is on deck for a similar year to break out that Cortland Sutton had last year. Will it end up in a Pro Bowl? Hard to say, but I think you're going to see him become like a fantasy darling. You're going to see him take that next step, not just because of his own wherewithal, but Zach, you're going to see Drew Locke, I think, take a step. And you've got a bona fide, experienced play caller now designing this thing in Pat Shermer. He can definitely be a big safety blanket for Drew Locke down the seams or in the red zone. But, you know, you mentioned Shermer, and he traditionally doesn't really lean on tight ends too much. You know, he uses a tight end one, but beyond that, it's go- the, the targets will be funneled, I think, to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. I, I don't know that fans going to have a 1,000-yard season but I think he will definitely improve upon what he did last year and really establish himself as a consistent tight end one at the NFL level. A lot of Broncos fans are really doubting that pick still from last year, and I think this is the season where, if anything, he'll show that he was the right pick at that spot. We got Pobby jumping in with a very, very generous super chat. Thank you, Pobby. It just You guys' generosity just yes. blows us away. Um, thank you so much, my friend. She says, sorry if I'm too late. Glad I could catch you guys live today. Love MHH and go Broncos. Just, it just, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Bobby. And it's not the same when you're not in the chat stream. And we have just loved since you joined our community, you know, whatever it was this past spring, earlier this year. It's been great getting to know you. And we're going to, if you want to, we're going to have to get you on the podcast on one of these superstar segments. If it's something you want to do, reach out and let us know either in the chat stream, email me at milehighhuddle mile at gmail.com. Reach out on Twitter. Let us know. We'd definitely be interested in having you on. Uh, BG, he's putting you on the spot here, Zach. (laughs) Name a quarterback better. uh, Name a QB that's better than Locke that was drafted by Denver. And remember, John Elway was not drafted by Denver. Right. So it's Uh, you guys, Jake Cutler. Yeah, that's what came to mind. But I think he'll be better. Plummer? Plummer wasn't drafted. He was the Cardinal. That's right. Um, let me let me throw some names out for you real quick. All right. Gary Kubiak. No way. He's no way he's better than him. Gary Kubiak, Trevor Simeon, Chad Kelly, Paxton Lynch. Uh, there are more that were less, you know, uh, Brian Greasy is another one. I think he still has some time. Now, in terms of proven, you know, proving it out there, Drew Locke, I think, has more excitement than Brian Greasy had coming out of the I'm the guy to take over for John Elway after the Super Bowl 33 era. I think Drew Locke has generated more excitement in the fan base, but he's still got to get out there, Zach, and produce. Yeah, Tommy Maddox, that was a freaking joke. Thanks, Dan Reeves. You wonder why you lost your job in Denver? That was a good example why. Brian, I was agreeing with you. I do think he'll prove it. I think he'll be the best quarterback the Broncos have drafted. I'm just saying I want to see him prove it. It's easy to say now on July 29th without him playing a snap or a game this year that he's the best Broncos drafted quarterback in history. I think he will possibly go down with that regard. I just want to actually see it happen with my own eyes. And then I'll, you know, it's just easy to verify that way. All right, guys, last one here from the Queen jumping back in. And then we got to get out of here. Really appreciate you. Love the pun here. All, all girth jokes aside, this pod is getting huge for a reason. You guys are amazing. Hashtag love my pod. Wheels are coming off tonight. When the super chat not only is, I mean, makes us laugh, makes us grin. It's that much better. So thank you, Christy. But that's got to do it for tonight, you guys. Thank you for joining us. Shout out to Steve Baumgartner for joining us. Yes. 
that was great getting a chance to talk to him. We'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, the usual time for the Mile High Mailbag, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let me stop this share screen real quick. In the meantime, make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And to make sure you also follow the producer, John Buonabeast, at John K M H H. But, gang, have a great night. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. You guys blow us away. Even when we disagree, we love you, appreciate you, and uh, this, this, whatever success this podcast has become, it's due to you guys. So this is, this is a grassroots effort, Zach, and it's just been fun to be on this ride with, with all of our awesome community. Yeah, the support we get, Chad. That's how we're gonna, you know, make a girth hat. That's what makes it happen, right there. there but go. I don't know there if we, I don't know if this was a duplicate or we didn't get this, but this just came in. So if that's Brian, the same comment. That's wild. Uh, no, uh, I think that's the original. Pretty sure that's the original. But thank okay. you so much, BG. Appreciate you. Yeah, we got to get out of here for tonight, though, guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.